Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, last week, I began this brief little series about the power of words, both for good and for bad. The two verses that I want to begin with today say that explicitly, where in Proverbs 12, 18, in one translation, it says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, or in a slightly different way, Another translation says, there is one who has rash words, which pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Right there it is again, just like Proverbs 16, 24, where it says that gracious, pleasant, kind words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones, healing to the body that it affects you physically. So, again, Solomon says it's slightly different here. The words of the reckless or those who have rash words, who express rash words, they pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And the other one is Proverbs 18, 21, where he says, the tongue, i.e. words, has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I didn't actually check the Hebrew for the word love, but I would say who understand the power of it, and especially for life, will eat its fruit. Very powerful words about words. Well, years ago, all of us probably in our own lives as well, we grew up hearing the little playground proverb, right, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that was usually one of us who had been really injured by words that were trying to say that to the one harming us that, okay, your words don't really affect me. And yet we all know just how much those words did affect us, that they pierced like swords, that those words were cutting and hurtful. And the toughest part about those words is that our minds remember them. Our minds hold on to them, particularly if they have a lot of meaning and are connected to a lot of emotion and to our very personhood. Some words we can forget very easily, but words that attack our very own person, our very own soul, they don't seem to go away. And again, I think it's why Solomon is trying to say, oh, that you would remember the power of the tongue. It has power for life and death. So use it for life and remember that you can cause death. Well, sometime I was sharing that at one of the weekend events, and I got somewhere toward the end of the event because there's other sessions that go on after the Being Loved by Words session. And Somebody handed me this thing that they wrote out by hand, and it's called Truth About Sticks and Stones. It's written by a guy named Barry Wade, which actually Googled that and found this poem. But back then, it was my first time ever hearing it, and I was so grateful because it really put Solomon's words in another form of poetry and made it so powerful to my soul. So I want you to give a listen. Sticks and Stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Stones and sticks break only skin. 
while words are ghosts that haunt me. Slant and curved, those word swords fall to pierce and stick inside me. Bats and bricks may ache through bones, but words can mortify me. Pain from words has left its scar on mind and heart that's tender. Cuts and bruises now have healed. It's words that I still remember. Isn't that true? Isn't that amazing? And again, partly wanting to share this with you is that over the last month, month and a half, in a couple of different events, it's also come to my attention, especially through different testimonies, when we have the opportunity to do the measuring stick teaching. We ask people to put on a measuring stick, a yardstick, to write out some of the things that have been hurtful that people have said to them. And friends, truthfully, it's mind-bending. At times we find this rage rise up in our own souls for the sake of the person sharing where we are just astounded and angry at the kinds of things that were said, particularly by parents, by siblings, by friends, perhaps even extended family, aunts and uncles, grandparents. It's just mind-bending, the kinds of hurtful things that have been said. And as Barry Wade's poem suggests is that here they are as adults in our weekend session with still great pain and deep emotion. They're still remembering those words and how much those words affected their lives and shaped their lives and still do. And the necessity for us to take the time to hear them, to validate them, to empathize with them. And in some cases, even on the spot, we do a memory healing prayer time of allowing the Lord to come and, and speak truth and really come against those hurtful, painful words with his own words of love and let them know who they really are and the value that they really have. Well, in this regard, as I mentioned to you last week, when the kids were little, we had them learning, actually, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue is the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And as I mentioned, we were working on Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And the thing that triggered this was that Benjamin was small, I would guess three, maybe four, which would have put Josh around 10 or 11 and all of the other three kids in between. But there came a day when one of the kids came running to Robin and I and wanted to tattle on them to get them in trouble and say, so-and-so used a bad word and they wanted us to discipline them and they wanted to see their brother or sister get in trouble. I think the thing that really impacted me as I was aware of thinking about these kinds of words that on the one hand, of course, I didn't want them saying some of those words, but recognizing that to a certain extent, those words aren't the ones that really cause the deep, deep pain. So I actually did this and at one point I shared it with the church and we actually had to recall all the tapes back then. That tells you how long ago that was when we actually used to send out tapes. And I did it on purpose for effect, but because I know this is going out, I will refrain. 
But what I did is I used to use the small dry erase board for counseling, and I asked one of the kids to go in the study and bring it out. And so I had it on my lap, and I drew a line down the middle of the board. And on the left-hand side, I said, okay, what do you kids think are bad words? You won't get in trouble for saying them. Whew, we were a little blown away when the F word came out and the S word and a couple B words, you know, like the female dog and the illegitimate child and oh yes and the A word about where the S stuff comes from. And Rob and I are trying to keep a straight face. Peter's in the other room laughing. And it was really tough, you know, and the kids are laughing because they can't believe that we're okay with them saying those words. And of course, when I was teaching this one Sunday, I used all those words and I said them aloud and you could see the look on everybody's face like, did the pastor just say those? Yes, I did. But let me tell you why. Well, first, what I did then is I had him go in and get a dictionary. And so we looked up. Each of those words, and the F word actually is right there in Webster's Dictionary about sex, and the S word about excrement, and the other B words, etc. Anyway, the amazing thing, the kids were shocked to find that the definitions of these words were not bad. They were just ordinary things that just described a certain thing, but they weren't necessarily called swear words and weren't stated in the dictionary that they were there for the purpose of cutting someone down or harming them. And, and that's what I wanted the kids to recognize, that these words, these words are actually dictionary words, and by and large, they're really not intended to cause pain, to cause harm. On the other hand, in the right-hand column, I said, I want you to tell me the words that people have said to you, or you've listened to them say to others that were very intentional to cause pain. And so I said these words that the kids actually said to me, where, Daddy, we hate it when somebody calls us an idiot or stupid or loser or you're a nobody and nobody likes you. Just words of that nature. And so when I'm preaching this, I said those as well. And I said, you know what really bothers me right now is that most of you are probably sitting there this is as I was speaking to the congregation, and that you guys have hardly heard a word I said because you're still thinking about the fact that I said those quote-unquote swear words. But you didn't bat an eye that I said the word loser, idiot. Oh, another one was moron. Again, all these different painful kinds of words that put them down, that you're klutzy, that you're ugly, on and on. Where I said to the kids, I said, I don't want you saying the words on the left because culturally people see those as bad and I would prefer that you not do that. But I said, these words on the right-hand side, mom and I ever catch you saying these to one another or to neighborhood kids, you will be severely disciplined. And that's when we told them because the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's when we told them that the words of the reckless or rash words, reckless words, pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing in the Ephesians 4.21 about saying positive words that build up and encourage and benefit. You see, the reason why I said those things was that it just bothered me, the fact that everyone would be sitting there in church and could care less that I used any of those other words and that everybody was upset that I had said the words that actually just occur in the dictionary. 
to try to make the point that the words that were in the dictionary wouldn't necessarily cause harm. It would be more the attitude with which they were spoken that they might pick up harm from them. But those other words, those other words are about their personhood. Loser, moron, idiot, ugly, stupid. But then I reminded the church that I said, these are the ones I said to the kids, you will be severely disciplined if you say things like this to one another because they have a lifelong effect. As the end of Barry Wade's poem says again, pain from words have left its scar on mind and heart that's tender. Cuts and bruises now have healed. It's words that I remember. And the amount of inner healing prayer that we've had to do for people because of the power of words and the damage that they've done to the human soul, which of course, Solomon's right, it also can affect your body because when your spirit feels weighed down and wounded, it works itself into your very health. So anyway, I just wanted to remind us, last week it was especially talking about the words of affirmation, and today I just wanted to say, hey, continue in saying the words that are helpful, that are healing to the bones, that build up and bless, but especially today, please, please, please be aware of the power of your words. And honestly, even when you talk, when you slander or gossip about someone, that you can forever influence someone's mind against another person in a way that it's difficult for them to forget and to not see the person in some other light. So we need to really, really, really be careful with our words. So let's hear it now from the Lord. For remember, beloved, gracious, pleasant, kind words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones, to the body. How much more are my words helpful for building you up according to your need that it may benefit you when you listen to me? Thank you, Lord. And thank you for all the different words that you've left us in the Bible to remind us of who we are to you and how much you value us. Finally, I just want to say in closing this phenomenal proverb from Solomon that I've been memorizing over the last year. It's just so good because it captures it all. Solomon says, pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. In other words, listen carefully. Listen carefully. Pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. We used to laugh when the kids noticed that we were distracted. They'd reach up and grab us by the chin and turn our head so that we were looking at them face to face, saying, Daddy, Daddy, listen to me. He continues, Solomon says, apply your heart, which in the Old Testament meant everything internal, especially the mind. He says, apply your heart, your mind, to what I teach which means to meditate on it, to study it, to think about it. For it is pleasing when you keep them, my words, in your heart, your mind. In other words, memorize. And have all of them ready on your lips. And have all of them ready on your lips. See, the best part about memorizing scripture, meditating on it, getting it deep within our soul is that then we can have them ready on our lips for our sakes, for the sakes of those we love, whom we serve. It's so worth the time and energy, friends. So I just want to challenge you, if you've 
not been taking the time to actually slow down and memorize a passage so that you can meditate on it, maybe do a synonym antonym version. Maybe you haven't done that in a while. I want to encourage you to do that. And again, let's continue to be proactive, to take initiative, to love our friends, brothers and sisters, family, and let them know what's in our heart for them. For remember, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. God bless you and have a great rest of the day.